0: Hello and welcome to the Drum History podcast. I am Bart Vanderzee, and today I am joined by Matt Dean of Total Drummer. Matt, what's going on, man? Bart, hi, thanks for getting me on here. I'm excited. That's awesome, man. We're very happy to have you. You are our first European guest on the show here, calling in from uh, England. So um, yeah, Matt, why don't what you why don't you tell us a little bit about you, man? Cool.
1: Well, you you very you found me trolling around the internet, and I you did. kindly invited me on here um and you know i didn't even know your podcast existed so this was awesome for me because i've been going back through the episodes and i don't know how i didn't know it existed because this is this is a topic i love that's great so my my background i want to be clear with this because as i mentioned to you before i don't want people thinking who matt Dean's some professor with like a monocle and a (laughs) tweed jacket and he's some (laughs) sort of serious historian yeah because i'm not So, so my background is I'm a drummer. I've drummed forever. You know, went to music college. That's how I've made my money ever since, just as a working drummer. You know, I run a drum studio now. I've been teaching drums since I was 18 or so. So my passion's drums. That's kind of all I do. And now, as you mentioned, I've, I've got Total Drummer, which is an online part of that. Somewhere down the line, just a quite brief thing, so people know why am I even talking about drum history. Somewhere down the line, I had this idea. I thought, I want to write a novel. So I so I started doing an online course, and I was or it wasn't even it wasn't even, online courses didn't even exist then I don't think, but it was like through the internet I'd send my stuff to a tutor, and I just wanted to write some gory novel, but they made me do <laughs> all these things along the way, like proper writing. Yeah, and I just wanted to get to that last bit, like let me write my awesome novel. It's going to be brilliant. And we had to do like articles for magazines, and we had to even write things to agony aunts in like women's magazines. It was, yeah. it was just trying to give us the whole like the full gamut of writing skills. Um, in fact, along the way, I've written a lot for drum magazines around around all sorts of countries. One of them was Modern Drummer. Oh, nice! Man. In America. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so this is back in two thousand seven, and I and I was I wrote my little uh, kind of my little. synopsis for my little article sent off to the editor at the time and thought they're not even going to reply and they they replied and they commissioned it and I wrote that was my first article for them wow so that kind of blew my mind a bit yeah at the time that was amazing um and then then we got to this point of writing a thing about a book we had to kind of plan a book a non-fiction book and send it off to a publisher so I thought I'm going to do something on drums, and I thought it's non-fiction. I can't do a kind of teaching thing, which would have been natural. So I thought drum history. No one's no one's written a drum history. What? Why has no one done this? Why has no one bothered doing this? Yeah. And I realised no one's done it because the subject is massive.
0: It's huge. And yeah. It,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> so so. I kind of stumbled blindly into the biggest project I've ever had to finish. <laughs> And yeah. it was one of the hardest, most horrible experiences of my life. But at the end, I wrote a book and I was super proud, and there's all the good stuff to it. But I, I quickly realized why no one's done this because it's massive and it takes some serious research. So I sent off my kind of synopsis to some publishers, and an imprint of Roman and Littlefield in America said, Yeah, write that book. And hmm. wow. so I was like, Oh man, now, now I've actually got to do this thing. You <laughs> yeah, know, I'm- like it was just an assignment for my writer. Yeah. So 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 then so that was it. I'm just a drummer who wanted to write a crazy novel where loads of people die in some sort of battle. <laughs> Suddenly, I've got this contract signed, and I've got to write the history of the drum. Wow. And in my head, it was a coffee table book. It was pictures. Do you know, like it was pictures of your favourite drums and yeah. pictures of old African drums, and it was going to be very more pictures than words. The publisher that picked it up was an acad- what they called an academic publisher, which meant. Low budget, no no pictures, no mm. colour. Wow. Definitely no colour pictures. Loads of words. Oh, so God. yeah. So this turned into <laughs> mad. So that so that's kind of, you know, that, that's how this happened. And now it sits in my bookcase and I'm super proud of it. And, yeah. and I get nice comments from people that have used it for their university research and it's all very lovely. But at the time when I, I was I was waking up at six AM, I had a newborn baby there, my son had just been born. So I'm rocking him with one foot, trying to research, and and this kind of ties in with the drum history. In fact, that this is for this this is just for all drums. You know, when, when you think you you might look back at the history of Ludwig mm-hmm. or something,
0: yeah,
1: and you you know you might be going back to the the fifties or the sixties or the seventies, and we had photographs and we had people could write in the language then. Yeah, we've got evidence, but you think about the earliest. Drum evidence, everything was wood or animal skin or fish skin and it was and it's all perished, it's long gone.
0: Yeah, wow. No one
1: could write then, there was no no written language. So so suddenly I'm looking at right, where where's the earliest evidence of drums? And and, and this applies to drums as well. So where's the earliest evidence of this stuff? So you're looking at you're looking at early artwork, you're looking at texts like you think back then that some of the earlier texts might have been things like the Bible because not everyone could write back then. Yeah. There are only certain people that could actually record what's going on. So, you know, I'm falling through the Old Testament looking for a mention of a drum. Wow. And I'm looking at, you know, lots of advancements happened in the Middle East. So suddenly I find I'm reading translations of the Quran and worried that, I need to get my facts right, or I might upset a whole Muslim population, yeah, yeah. or you know suddenly, it, yeah, I was like, this isn't fun anymore, <laughs> and my son's crying because <laughs> he wants breakfast, and I'm like, oh, what have I done um, yeah, wow so so that's kind of that's where it all started, wow um for me yes. uh, and i mean what what's what's the deal with you because I've always been interested in drum history and where I like history just in general, where it came from. So that's why this kind of piqued my interest in initially. Yeah. What, like, what's your thing? What's drawn you to it with this podcast? What, what's oh, your
0: sort of that's a drum history? That's a good question. And honestly, um, well, first let me say the book is called the drum, a history by Matt Dean, and you can get it. I think if you just Google it, um, and if you just Google Matt Dean, you should be able to find it. But, um, Wow, you're turning the tables and asking me a question. Um, so the reason <laughs> the reason I wanted to do it actually, and I, I I pretty much I feel like I've just completed it is about a year ago. There's the big Chicago drum show um, that happens here, obviously in Chicago, and I really wanted to go, and it kind of sparked my my interest to. And I thought to myself, wow. I really don't know anything about vintage drums, but I really want to be involved in that community um, and know stuff. Um, obviously, I've been a drummer all my life. Grandpa's a drummer, great, great, great. Grandpa's a drummer, and um, I love drums. But I figured, what I want to be able to come to the table and actually talk about stuff, and um, and then I used, I thought to myself, well, hey, I have every. Um, Resource available. I work at a recording studio. I I record other people's podcasts. Um, I've done voiceovers for a while. Um, I'm passionate about the drums. And I thought to myself, well, shoot, there's a um, there's a podcast right there, and uh, and then the Instagram and stuff where people find me um, followed. So it's really just to, and then it's it's basically evolved more into putting together all of these different stories into one place where everyone can learn together like from you we can learn about the history of the drumsticks and everyone who's listening to this right now um we're basically all learning together so i thought it was a really cool way to use the uh podcast format and um and i don't i'm not a big reader (laughs) so i'd rather i'd rather listen um and i think other people feel that way so that's that's where why we're here today
1: totally i'm glad you did it
0: yeah well thank you man i mean the history of drumsticks is something that I have had people request uh, as an episode a few times, and I need to be better about writing down the names of people who actually request episodes. It was uh, pretty early on, and um, yes, this is something people are interested in. I think you're the right guy to talk to. And um, what you said about it. you start seeing these drumsticks pop up in in the early early forms of drumming. So I'm I'm really excited to hear about it. Why don't you take it away, Matt?
1: Cool. Okay. Well, as as I mentioned earlier, that you know the, the big thing I came up against was that quick realization that everything's decomposed, it's gone. All that early evidence, yeah. No one wrote things down. There was you know there was no internet. There were no podcasts. We don't know what they were doing, but and and so wh- where I'd always start in the book, hoping that it's not too much of a cop out, is like you know saying it's it's almost inconceivable that they if they had stretched a membrane over some kind of hollow body, which is essentially a membranophone, which is the drum, then surely, surely it's conceivable they've picked up a stick at some point and hit that membrane. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But it's all, it's all down to guessing. There's nothing written there, but you know, if they've got to that point of a skin, a membrane being stretched over a body, then hitting it with a stick isn't a massive step. So, so that's kind of guesswork. Um, what what I found with the book is I'm looking at some some of the earliest evidence was, as well as things written in text such as the Bible, um, things that you'd find were statues, s- surviving artwork, where people had made a statue of a drummer. Hmm. Often, often it was a female drummer. Um, in fact, there's an awesome book I was remembering the other day. I've got it right here by Lane Redmond called "When the Drummers Were Women." Yes, and I've heard of it. Do you know that book?
0: Yes, I had uh, Angela Sells. There was an episode earlier on the history of uh, or the epic history of female drummers, and she talked about it a lot. So I'm, it's all coming full circle. Ah,
1: oh, right. I haven't heard. I've got to check that episode out because I love that. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's called uh, it's called I've got it right here. When the Drummers Were Women: A Spiritual History of Rhythm. And you know we think of drums as being this kind of macho instrument. Obviously, that's changing now. I've got loads of female students. There's so many awesome female drummers, and it's nice to see that that yeah. mindset shifting. Yes. But what a lot of the guys, and I didn't real don't realize, is in society women were the drummers. So it turns out, and it was just when kind of patriarchal society took over, they kind of it changed, and men decided it was their instrument. Yeah. But originally it was women. So, so, you'd, so that's a, that's a slightly other a sort of side topic, which is awesome. And I'm going to check that podcast out. But um, you know, when you go and look at a lot of these statues, it's often women playing them, and often they're simple frame drums that they're playing by hand.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and and that's you know, and I and I've i there's there's loads of evidence to that. And I can remember dragging my wife. This, this is just a side story, by the way. But when <clears throat> when I was researching for that book, I'd have to go on missions. So, I took my wife on this romantic break to Paris once. Nice. This was the sort of guys. I was like, we're okay, going, romantic break, darling. You deserve it. <laughs> hey, look, while we're here, let's go and check out the Louvre. This is this massive museum, famous, iconic. What she didn't realize was I had it planned. We we were in there for three hours. I, I had to hit all these different statues that I, I'd researched <laughs> on the internet. Wow. And, and that place is massive yeah. and they were dotted all around. So, I had some serious making up to do there take yeah. her out for a nice dinner afterwards. Yeah. Um, but so so there's lots of that type of evidence around reframe drums drumsticks the earliest evidence I found is around the 7th to 8th century um, and, and we, what, what we tend to find there the earliest stuff is single-headed drums played by either the, the drum is held by one hand and hit with one hand holding a stick or it's you know or it's Played with a hand and a stick, mm-hmm. so that's that's some of the earliest stuff. Um, also, you'll get that in what would be. And, and by the way, the reason I wanted to tell you at the beginning, I'm not a professor. Sure, um, I'm just a drummer dude that got that has a, a had an interest in this and got you know tricked into writing a book. So um, that's my little caveat when I try and pronounce something. So um, for, so in in Turkey. You had the the army bands, the military bands. Yeah, the So this is like the the origin of Zildjian symbols. Yeah. Exactly. So how did you just pronounce that? Because that's where I
0: what Janissary. I I said Janissary because I've heard uh Craigie Zildjian um pronounce it that way, who's obviously the daughter of Armand and um I've heard Janissary. What did you say? Janissary is how I would say it. Okay that that sounds good to me. Okay. But this is
1: where you know, this is this is why I kind of nervously say I'm not. I'm not a professor. Oh yeah. Before someone writes in and says, oh, "Well, no, it's not pronounced like that." <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Um, so yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So yeah. So that. So I found evidence there of a drum, which I think is called a davel, but again, not sure. Hmm. But again, they have a thick stick and a thin stick, and they and they'll play at one end with a thicker stick, one end with a thinner stick, and you still see that in use today. But these drums, they haven't changed much. So that's somewhere after the 8th century but before about the 14th century the 14th century is where things get a bit more solid for me because you have the pipe and tabor and so this and i know these these were real because i found evidence on cathedrals in england carved into the towers of cathedrals wow i mean you know you've got to understand i would rather be hitting drums than trawling England looking for statues on the side of cathedrals. But this is what this book did to my life. Yeah. So Wow. So so there's there's little stone figures carved and you can see these guys playing the pipe in the table. So the pipe the pipe being a one handed I guess wooden pipe in you know, in their mouth that they blow into yeah. and just has two or three holes, I'm not exactly sure. Um so but quite rudimentary. You've only got one hand, so you can only play so many notes with one hand in the other hand is a stick playing this drum the tabor Hmm. um which i think was a single-headed drum um generally and again it's one hand quite simple rhythms you can see videos now if you go and if you go and google pipe and tabor you'll find people that kind of recreate this stuff and they'll be performing little pipe and tabor pieces and it's such like it's such an awesome little medieval sound it takes you it takes you right back to the 14th century straight away wow. when you hear that.
0: That's cool. Is it kind of a, um, would it be con- like, is that to set the pace of a March kind of thing when they're, when they're playing that? Or is it just more of a, um, like a, that, that, so that's a military thing as well, right?
1: It might've come from military. I'm not, I'm not sure of these. I mean, cause I, my understanding is it was used in different classes. So it wasn't mm. like it was, you'd have folk, you'd have you sort of peasants playing folk music using it. Gotcha. You'd, but you'd also have, I think it was also used in the kind of upper echelons of society as well. Okay. I don't think, you know, some instruments were sort of class divided, weren't they, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think this was a bit more of a universal thing. Okay, but it's... I mean, to my ears now, it's a folky sound. I hear it and I think of English folk music.
0: Okay, but it's more of like a civilian thing. This isn't like a military band or the Janissary band, as we just talked about. Um, so... Cool, man. Well, I'll have right, to check that yeah, out. Yeah, cool. that's my understanding. But again,
1: don't, you know, don't bet any money on that. Sure, sure. On my behalf. I might be wrong. But yeah, I I, I know it's more of a civilian thing. Okay, cool. So that's so that's that's really the earliest evidence I've got. So let's say like 7th and 8th century, but then certainly with with the sort of Chinese, I've, I've had evidence of China and Kazakhstan with a single-headed drum. But then certainly by that sort of medieval period in England you'll see the pipe and Tabor. And that's quite rudimentary. I mean, this is this is not... I guess this is drumstick history, but that's that's one hand. Yeah, um, that counts. And that's, so that's one guy playing one hand on a drum, one hand on a pipe. A bit like, you know, how the drum kit kind of grew out of the whole double drumming thing in the orchestra pit. Yeah. And someone went, hey, why don't we just get one bloke to play, you know, all of this stuff? Yeah, exactly. And then we, we you know... Um, it's kind of like that, but more the other way around. So you had one guy playing the pipe and, and the tabor. At some point, it switched. So you'd have a dedicated piper and a dedicated drummer. Which doesn't sound like a big leap, but actually, all of a sudden, it means you've got two hands on the drum. Exactly. You know, wow. so like the the patterns you can play, it kind of then set set the way towards the rudiments mm-hmm. and the modern stuff. We the the more intricate stuff that we can play now, just by virtue of having two hands available yeah that makes sense yeah so 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 that's kind of the earliest earliest stuff what what they used it and in terms of the word the sizing i mean there'd have been no standardized sizing possibly making their own sticks i mean sure honestly the the, the evidence i've seen is some you know weird little goblin-y type statues on the side of a cathedral so um
0: yeah but i i have to imagine that because of the use of um there's there's probably a drumstick maker i would imagine obviously we're not having we don't have factories churning out drumsticks but um if you were talking janissary band earlier and then these guys there's got to be some form of uniformity to these um in some degree where maybe it's a hey we're going for maybe a 16 inches or a foot and a half or whatever um to keep it kind of regulated or was it just like you make your own drumstick you, you get you whittle it down i mean obviously we're going off of statues and stuff like that so you probably don't no one probably knows but um it's Interesting,
1: exactly, yeah, totally. I exactly No, no one knows as far as I know, and you know, God, I, I mean, I did enough research to try and find it out, so <laughs> yeah, I trust if you. evidence is out there, it slipped past me, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I and, and I and I guess, like you say, the janissary bands that's military, probably more uniformed, there would have been more than one guy possibly playing, so and it's military anyway, so that would be more regimented, so possibly there you've got the dude doing it and obviously like you mentioned you know you had zildjian a dedicated symbol maker yeah so that's happening there it depends i guess with the pipe and table if you're if you're in a village and you're playing folk tunes at the you're having a knees up for someone's birthday and you're the mm-hmm. entertainment yeah maybe you're you're just yeah whittling it yourself out of a piece of wood mm. and experimenting and testing and but it oh. is all just guesswork for that stuff
0: yeah Cool. Moving forward, what was our next time period that we're into?
1: Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've you got other things as well, which are hard to date. So, for example, you know, when people think of the origins of drums, they often think of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I and mean, I found lots of other evidence that wasn't necessarily Africa at the beginning, but again, it might just be down to who recorded stuff. Yeah. And, you know, in Africa, they might not have been writing things down and therefore, you know, whatever. But, you, you know, you've got some amazing sticks you see there that are curved at the end and all sorts of different things and and i can't i can't say when those were invented and i don't think anyone can yeah Um, sure the earliest evidence i found from that were were more european explorers that would go traveling into africa and they would record it but obviously Mm. that's just the first sighting by european of a drumstick there not necessarily the first time they used a drumstick in africa so so I don't know about that. Sure. The next kind of period after the that medieval stuff I talked about was really just coming through the ages. You had the orchestra and that that tended to be the kind of breeding ground for lots of innovations um, for drums. And of course, with that drum sticks. So they had lots of different beaters there. You know, you think of, um, you know, timpani, yeah. I and mean, all sorts of different soft mallets. And, and, and there's a lot of experimentation taking place as well. Um, but I guess once once the drumstick's been made, there's there's not a whole. I mean, it's just a piece of wood Yeah. on the whole. Um, if you're going to stick something on the end, there's different things, different materials, sponges, different fabrics to, to make your kind of soft mallets. Interesting.
0: That's a cool thought to think about the making of the mallet and, uh, and how it evolved into, um, we've got this stick and now let's soften it up. And, um, and that's pretty cool. And and one thing too, so last weekend at the, um, Chicago drum show, there was a kind of civil war era, um, there was kind of a civil war era museum set up. And a lot of the drumsticks there were like, I had not seen these and I thought it was cool cause I knew we were going to be talking soon, very wide at the back in like a triangular kind of fashion where they were, and they were giant. I don't know if I'm jumping around here in in which time period. They were huge compared to, it almost looked like a regular drumstick and then the maybe 10 times, I don't want to say 10 times, five times as thick, like the, the, the actual tip of the stick was massive and they actually came out into a, like I said, they tapered into kind of a, a triangle um and i can post some pictures of that but so that kind of uh, i'd love to see those yeah that was um that was pretty neat but um it just seems like it was getting figured out and it was getting um it was evolving into something um different still not totally uniform obviously but um but it was getting there
1: yes exactly and it's experimentation And and i love the fact that you know a lot of the time well, it's that kind of necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. thing isn't it and a lot of the time it, it, especially say the orchestra you, you'll get a composer writing a piece and then you've got to figure out how how do you make that sound how do you how do you bring that piece to life you know yeah yeah or you know the, 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 whatever their wacky idea is i mean you know you think about um kind of dowel sticks the sort of hot rods type of stick yeah the earliest stuff I found for that was that type of thing. I think it was called a, a router or something. You might know better pronunciation, but but that's the the original name for the hot rod, which was a Promark name. Yeah. Um but before it was the router and, and that was first heard on a Mozart piece, I think. From the really? seventeenth you know, late eighteenth century. As wow. far as I know. Yeah, so he's he's gonna have envisioned this piece of music and a sonic effect i don't know if the drummer or the percussionist in the orchestra then had to think right how on earth do i make this sound or has mozart said you're going to get you know some thin bits of wood bound together i don't i mean i don't know how that comes across but um wow that's you know you think of the hot rod as being more of a more of a modern thing sometimes.
0: I do. I think of uh, Joe, I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong probably, but Joe Luoma, um, who's a big Camco guy and was just at the drum show. He, I guess, was the person who invented the, um, or the modernized the hot rod. So this is really cool um, to hear that it was going back so far. And, and that's one thing I think with all this is, it, it doesn't mean you didn't invent and kind of modernize it if it was happening in Mozart's time, obviously, but... Man, right when you think something was like a modern invention, it turns out it was back it's been going on for hundreds of years. um That's fascinating to me, that, yeah, that they were doing that with the dowels together to get that kind of sound and uh wow, that's cool
1: totally well that well that's kind of what gets me interested as well with and so like with, with all history, but then see drums being my passion it's you, you look at that and you think you know I'm sitting here next to my quite modern pearl drum kit here and yeah i've got lots of toms and cymbals and fancy ways of suspending them but really what is it it's a wooden cylinder with a membrane stretched over it yeah hasn't changed all that much really no you know do you know what i mean it's not it's it's an old instrument really absolutely we we keep finding little ways to innovate but quite often it is just rehashing or repurposing an old idea yeah totally i do find it awesome I mean, th- this is totally on topic, actually. Which is another part of this, which I love, is you know brushes. Yeah. We think of the wire brushes, and you may know this, and it may not surprise people listening to this, but that that came from a fly swatter. Yes, that's which, so cool. With, yeah, and and I love that. And again, you can just imagine someone had a fly swatter lying around, maybe you know, like like a drummer does. We're in, we're an inquisitive bunch, aren't we? Yeah. You know, you're like wonder what this sounds like if I hit it. Hey, check this thing out. What if I hit the drum with this thing and you yeah. can quite easily see how that these kind of accidental things are just going to yeah, you know, create something different and interesting.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is completely parallel with what we're talking about is is the um and we can keep it in mind as we go is the is the use of drumsticks, but also I would I would classify drumsticks as anything you're hitting a drum with. Now that would include obviously the early hot rods brushes, mallets. So any tidbits you have along the way, like connecting a sponge to your drumstick, Um, but brushes in particular, um, that's, that's just, it's obviously it kind of spawned a whole genre and style of playing, which would be kind of in the, in the jazz world. Um, so I do think it's cool how, you know, people, the old guys would refer to them as fly swatters, even when they were kind of, uh, regulated or, uh, or, modernized into being brushes but um yeah man that's awesome yeah, yeah
1: i love that and and i love seeing it with modern drummers when you think it's all been done and you'll see some guy on instagram or something that's flipped something upside down or got some household objects and, and is creating a totally new sound just using the same old stuff yeah i just i just i don't know drum drummers, drummers seem pretty good at kind of thinking a little bit outside the box yeah uh just at, hitting you know hitting just, stuff just coming up with some cool yeah. stuff we're cool, Pete. We're a cool bunch.
0: Honestly, I think we are the coolest of any of the musicians, um, but I think I am uh, i might be <laughs> a little biased. Look, look,
1: in you're, you're biased, but look. <laughs> who listens to this? It's got to be
0: just drummers, right? We can say <laughs> it. We're safe to say this. We can say it. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. so moving forward here, what where, where are we? So let's recap kind of where we're at right now. We were talking about the uh, orchestras, so people are starting to... Um, they're they're figuring ways out to make new sounds that a composer would have created for them. So it's again, it's it's the necessity to to create these sounds, right? Yeah. Cool. Now we totally. don't have any companies. So, we don't have Regal Tip yet. We don't have ProMark, and obviously, we're still just it's still the wild west, right?
1: Yeah, correct. As far as I know, there were no dedicated people doing that. You know, the, the same as drum heads, where people were kind of. That's that's was its own art form, wasn't it? Making a drum head, yeah. Um, and people were you had people doing it, but not not on this scale that we we have now with dedicated companies. Okay. So in term in terms of those companies, the the, the big the big boys we know about, you know, you, you sort of Vic Firth, R- Regal Tip, Pro Mark, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's kind of late fifties, early sixties that they were formed, but before that, I suppose something we really can't ignore, something we need to be getting on with. You, you keep sort of talking about that sort of uniformity, the system. Yeah. Because we have this system now, and it looks a bit crazy in some ways. Um, but this was a 20th twentieth century thing. I don't know exactly how it came about, but my understanding is William Ludwig was a big part of this. Really? Really? So and I know you've talked about Ludwig quite a bit. Yeah, 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 sure. For obvious reasons. And it's kind of interesting to think, you know, so, so the system there, I, I guess I should explain that system because obviously we've got, uh, I, I, I guess maybe 5A might be the most common drumstick size, but yeah. generally it's the, it's the number and the letter. Yeah. And that, that's the system I'm talking about that came about there. But originally we had S, A and B. So now we see the A's and the B's a lot. I think the S may have gone. I don't know. Do, are there any S's still around?
0: I not that I've ever seen, but this is like my interest is very peaked. I love this.
1: Okay, cool. I think S is more or less gone. There's there's lots of different things, different brands add on now for it because we've got weird and wonderful, you know, masses of different varieties of drumsticks today. Yeah. yeah. But 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 initially we had the three letters S, A and B. So and these were to do with the categories of the use for the drumstick. So if you were, if you're in a symphonic concert band, you would play the B, the B stick for B for band. Huh. And they were they were heavy. You could still play it softer dynamics. They weren't like super heavy. Maybe not like the ones you mentioned earlier. Sure. Um, those massive fat ones. But 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 these were still heavy. Um, so these are for the band. If you're playing in a big sort of brass band, you had the Bs. Cool. If you were in a if you were playing in a kind of marching band drum chord type thing, you would have s and that stood for street so s for street so we've got b for band s for street, and these were the big heavy sticks so these might have been like the ones you saw yeah they might have been s wow yeah. So maybe I've just answered my question earlier. Do they still
0: exist? Maybe they do. Maybe you found them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these were... The last surviving hundred, S. Yeah, I'll, I'll, again, I'll show them to you, man. Your mind is going to be blown. But um. And there's logic, right? So B for band, S for street. There is a
1: system. It makes sense. Then we come to the A's, which were maybe, I suppose, probably the, the biggest selling drumstick type today. A stood for orchestra. So that's where the system falls down a bit with logic. I was going
0: to say, as wait unders- a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, my spelling's not that bad on <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, as far as I know, this was Ludwig's preference. He wanted A instead of O, I yeah. believe. And again, someone can call me out on this, but I believe it's because he liked the look of it more. The O didn't look
0: so good. Well, the O would look like the word. 50. It would look like a number. Right, right. So I well, guess that's yeah. it.
1: Exactly. When I heard that, I I kind of tested. It. I was like, mm, and yeah, I, I, so maybe that. But sure, I just think he's causing trouble. I just think you know, for people <laughs> like me on podcasts and people listeners thinking I can't spell, he's just he didn't think about the problems he was yeah. causing.
0: Orchestra, orchestra with an A. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. Um, and and so so these were super light. These were the lightest sticks. So you've got S being the heaviest for your kind of marching bands. B The middle weight ones for your brass band and then A for orchestra. So this was like big band type group play. And when you talk about orchestra, it's more that kind of thing, the big bandy stuff. Yeah. So these were these were light sticks. So that's your that's this kind of the the system of the letters. As I say, as far as I'm aware, S doesn't happen anymore. I mean, maybe in the marching band world they have something different, but I I think S might have gone from there because obviously now the drums they use they they're not like you think of those kind of old wooden drums with calfskin heads. You're gonna yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna need a big fat stick playing yeah. outside on a wet day. You're trying to get get a sound out of that. Obviously now modern marching drums are super tough. They're really tight, high tension drums, yeah. and it's more about the speed. I mean. What they play is super complex now as well, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, totally. When you hear those guys. Yeah. Well, let me let me pause so, and clarify for a sec. So are we saying that WFL won? So William F. Ludwig I the first, was the guy who actually kind of, as I keep saying, modernized um, or um, made it more uniform with the drumstick. So he's the guy who actually said, maybe there's a business here on that part of it. Um, so were they actually... As far as you know, were they actually churning out drumsticks in the Ludwig factory as the first kind of, uh, you know, modern drumstick? Yeah, I
1: well, I I don't know that. And I don't, I mean, okay. I know that Ludwig drumsticks do exist now. I've seen Ludwig drumsticks, but I don't know. And I don't know. I, I've read that. Um, and again, I'm always cautious to say, you know, sure, I'm not yeah. that old. I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. spell and I'm not 100 years old. But um, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> just to know. clarify. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I've read. I've read that's true. But whether I'm not suggesting he single handedly did it. Maybe there was uh, a group of people in the industry. Got it. I don't know. A bit like you had like Nard. You know, National Association of Rudimental Drummers conforming the rudiments at one point. And you, you know, I don't know if there was some kind of community there. Okay. And he's a big boy in that world, and he stepped in and said, "Listen, guys, we're not having O." Oh, looks rubbish. We're having a, yeah. And everyone's scared of him. I
0: don't know. I don't know how it went down. Well, and typically but, the, in those situations, there's something where, um, unfortunately maybe some little guy, an unknown guy said, Hey, look at this. I shaped this. I, I, on a leave, I made this and they say, Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. And then they take the idea. <laughs> we'll have that. That could very, <laughs> yeah. very well have happened. So, um, it's true. Although
1: well, I think the last couple of statements might, you might get a complaint letter from the Ludwig family. Cause I, I basically said he's a bully. You said he's stolen someone's idea.
0: <laughs> no, uh, I I so. want to preface and say I just actually talked to the, the folks at Ludwig and they are awesome and uh, the modern Ludwig <laughs> as is and very cool and I love Ludwig. So that's not what I'm saying. And and I do think that all of cool. these, these historical kind of aspects are... It's not... I mean, we are now in 2019. What happened in 1909 or early 1900s, That's a different story. Like, it's a different complete world so um not to say that they did anything wrong or anyone did anything wrong but man it's a different it's a different world
1: it's a different world and yeah and we just don't know you don't know what what goes on but all you know is the result of that is we have a system for drumsticks that we still use to this day yes that's great that's all we can be sure of and then so the second part obviously of that system we should mention is the number that comes with it yeah um and we still use those today. So that that's that's telling us the circumference of the stick, and we've got the ones that we definitely know today are five, seven, and two. I've yeah. got some big fat two Bs yeah. sitting around the studio here. So obviously, you know, those are all used today. I believe, I believe that number system went further before, and I think, I think it may have gone to nine. I think. Really. And if you think that. Yeah, the bigger the number, the smaller that's come from. So seven now, you think of your 7As are pretty small sticks. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, certainly when I'm teaching people that's if a, if a kid's got 7A, when they get to a certain size, I'm kind of saying, well, you need 5A now. So it's, it's, they're small sticks. So, yeah, if there was a nine, if that's true, I believe it is true, but they, they would have been pretty small.
0: And that would be more in that, um, like you said, in the you don't see like – you don't see as many 7Bs. It's kind of that... Um, I feel like they're getting a little bit... Like a thinner stick with... With the bigger number. Bigger number. Yeah, I'm just processing this now. So like a yeah, nine right. so, s. No, totally. Be. So
1: because yeah. if 7's got the smallest circumference, it's the smaller stick, then you wouldn't have it in a B because B stood for band. band That's the brass yeah. band. So they need the heavier stick. Sure. So that would just be a weird combination. So you're right. Absolutely right, yeah. So yeah. I guess you...
0: You might have got a nine A if that did exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but we're getting like a matchstick. We've got drumsticks now, so this is like when we actually look at what we have today. As these are drumsticks that are, you you get five pairs of them out. They're going to look pretty much the same. Um, so that's pretty cool. What what year? What year are we in right now? Or or at least like kind of broad stroke ballpark.
1: Yeah, sure. Well that 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 was in the twentieth century. Um I, I guess that's early twentieth century. Okay. And I'm thinking of, you know, Ludwig was there was loads of innovation then the kind of the modern drum kit as we know it's all coming together at that stage. Yeah. Everything's kind of becoming uniformed and I mean, like talking about earlier, not a lot's changed to to my my mind, fundamentally, in that last hundred years or so. Yeah, Do You know, it's like, that, that was kind of it. We're good. I know, I know there's probably a million drummers out there upset with me that have come out of innovative stuff since then, because I get it, a lot's happened. But mm-hmm. fundamentally, when I look at a drum kit, that was kind of when it all came together.
0: Yeah, and you got the tips. So I think what would have changed throughout time would be you'd have the the different tips on the drumstick. You'd have the, what is it, the barrel and then the nylon tip and then the pointed and the more rounded. So I think it's... It's like you're changing the the nitty gritty kind of like uh, details of it, but it's still a more or less in the wood types. I think that that's something of note is changing different types of wood to get different feels, and then you get into um, what is it uh, a head right making metal the carbon fiber or whatever it is drumsticks, but it's it's kind of a, a variation of the original theme.
1: Totally, yeah, and just to give you a bit of time scale on those, because that that was something. I was interested in, but you're right, so Regal Tip were the guys, I think it's Joe Calato, I don't know how you say mm-hmm. his surname, but the nylon tip was his thing. Okay. And you know, I don't really, I I sometimes play with nylon tip sticks, but not often, but it, I get his pain, I feel it, and I know why he did it, because you know when you've got, you know, you've got your 10 pound drumsticks, and they're in perfect condition, and the the you know, you just chip off a bit of the tip, and they're no good anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So... And and I believe that was his kind of motivation to just, you know, because then you're holding this useless bit of wood that's in pristine condition except the very tip of it. And I think that was the deal with the nylon tip, just to say, let's get get, get your money's worth here, just, you know, sure prolongs yeah. the life of that stick. So that was 1958, I believe, he did that. And this was the same kind of time when you had... Th- these companies were kind of being born, so you had, I think, 57 was Promark... And that's Herb Brockstein, um, and again, you know, just it, it tended to be people that were kind of in there living it. So obviously, Vic Firth was a drummer or was a percussionist. Yeah. So I think that was early sixties, nineteen sixty-three. I think is Vic Firth's thing. Um, Herb Brockstein was a drum, was a drummer and a drum shop owner. So he's he's kind of come up with Pro Mark. You've got Regal Tip doing their thing with their nylon tips. Vic Firth wanting, as far as I know, he just wanted a better quality. Hmm. And you know, now now we're used to kind of, you know, these matched drumsticks where they're they're matched for the pitch and the size, and it's all very uniformed and perfect. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I was when I was a kid, there was this thing of like rolling the drumstick yeah, along you the surface at your
0: mute. You know that thing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I I just I just don't bother anymore. I just never have a problem. I don't I don't know if that's just an old school thing. I don't yeah. know, do you do
0: that? No, not anymore. It doesn't seem quite as necessary anymore. I guess if you do it and you find one that's totally off, then it would it would be it would be worth it. But um, I used to, and I don't you know, really...
1: Well, when I get off this call, I'm going to roll my Vic Firth's along the floor, and I bet I find they're all bananas now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have been doing it for years. I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> yeah, they're all completely bent. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Wow, so one thing, too, that I think Vic Firth and Promark get a lot of credit for being... Early on, and in the kind of the mega names and drumsticks, but I know Regal Tip, Regal Tip was early on in this in this part of the industry too, which I think is is worth noting. Like we're saying, they had, that had the nylon tip, but um, they should get a lot of respect for being an early company.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, that, that, exactly. They were there the the same the same time, really. You know, if you think of Promark late fifties, they were there before Vic Firth, as I understand it, as a company. Hmm. Um. And yeah, being innovative with things like, um, like what well, obviously the nylon tips, massive. Yeah. Um, they had later on. They had the is the E tip or something, which was a more. Do you know that? I mean, because that's no, not such a. I don't. That was kind of a nylon tip with grooves cut into it, um, so it kind of gave a dark. I think it was a softer, yeah. darker sound. Interesting. Um, but. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've never played those. I don't know. Um, but it's just its just more that it was an innovative company. Um, yeah. and, and Joe there was the one doing it. So I was just looking, checking it. Yeah, it's called the E-Tip Drumstick. Cool. That one.
0: I'll have to check that out. But
1: yeah, totally. They, they were there, still are there. They're awesome. And maybe not, like you just said, you might think of other companies like Vic Firth. Um, they come to mind quicker sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but Regal Tip have yeah. been around as long as they... Well, longer than Vic Firth.
0: And, well, so now, I mean, 50s on, you're right, where the drumsticks look very similar. And, and again, we're not talking about... There's been tons of innovations since then. But... um, And even as far as brushes, you would have your different kinds of brushes and you'd have your different accessory kinds of sticks and stuff. Um, So... Yeah, is there anything else that kind of happens along the the line of uh, bringing us up to the modern the modern day? I mean,
1: fundamentally,
0: not really. I mean, I guess I guess the big thing is
1: the way they're produced, uh like we just discussed, you know, probably the accuracy, the matched pitch, the size is perfect. We don't have to roll them along the surface anymore because they always seem to be great. Yeah. Um I don't I don't worry about mixing up pairs in my stick bag whereas I used to hear older drummers look at me like, you can't mix your pair. I don't know. Maybe it was a thing back then. But now, you know, I guess the manufacturing process is just better. Like you said, there's some people come up with little twists on the idea, but fundamentally it's the same. I mean, early 90s, I think 92, you got the Eastern Ahead metal sticks that you just talked about. Yeah. Uh,
0: Have you ever played with those sticks? I have not. I've never played with them.
1: I've got... I've got a couple of pairs, and I don't like them. I, but the reason I pause is I never like to kind of diss anyone that's no, sure trying different stuff and doing stuff. That's not the way I like to operate. But for me, they're not cool. And certainly, if you play acrostic, cross stick, well, you can't. So, so these are all about giving it some welly um, and playing hard. Yeah, they're metal. But for me, they don't have yeah. the feel. I feel they're like... metal with a plastic sleeve at the end. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but, but when I was, I don't know, when I was about seventeen keyboard player in a band I was in that used to play drums. He gave me his his metal Ahead drumsticks. And he's like, check these out. They were like 25 pounds where wooden sticks are a tenner. Yeah. So they're, they're more than two times as expensive, but they'll never break. Exactly. And I was super happy because I broke a pair. I broke them. <laughs> wow. And I was so happy. Yeah, you did it, man. Uh, I think... M- I did it. I broke. It. Yeah, m- my technique wasn't amazing at that time. I guess I used to hit too hard. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> but
0: I broke some. Oh, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's an accomplishment.
1: That's my. That's that's the best I've got. Actually, still haven't. Yeah, I haven't surpassed that. But yeah, so so that was early '90s, and I think they're still making them. Yeah. And that and that wasn't a drum company. That was a company. I think Eastern were making aluminium things like baseball bats. Yeah. Whoa! I didn't um, know that. Non, non-drum non related aluminium products and a guy there Rick Grossman I don't know if he was a drummer but he thought drumsticks break a lot why don't we make drumsticks out of this material he got some backing for that financially through the company I believe they made them and yet yeah, they're not for me but lots of drummers do play them and maybe if I was rocking out and playing some hardcore metal night after night exactly they would be the stick for me. So 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 that's a real kind of departure from that wooden stick that's been around, well, you know,
0: since the 7th century. Yeah.
1: That's probably the biggest change I can think of right
0: now. Wow. Well, yeah, I think they're known as metal, like, and by that I mean heavy metal um, music drummers using them. Um, but, you know, yeah, every, yeah. You don't everyone... See Everyone has no, really. Everyone has a different size and shape and stuff, so that raises the question, um, what kind of drumsticks do you use? What is your size and brand and all that good stuff?
1: Oh, getting personal.
0: Yeah. Like it. <laughs> well,
1: <Wow. laughs> let me tell you, I well, I I've been stuck on for a long time just a pretty standard uh wood tip Vic firth five B hickory drumstick. Nice. That's what I like. For ages before that, I was playing the Zildjian Vinnie Colaiuta signature stick. Cool. I don't. I don't even know if I was hoping I'd sound like Vinnie. I don't. I don't even know how that happened, but I, I fell on that. And then he he moved away from Zildjian at some point, and just since then, Vic Firth have been the, the only stick I use. And the Five B's the one I use for most of what I do, nearly everything. But I have to tell you because I get a lot of students. They'll come in and. Like I said, I might tell someone they need to get off the 7As and go up to a bigger stick or
0: yeah.
1: or whatever. And you know they don't want to because people you get so used to it it feels alien if you just change. Yes. Just the slightest thing about your stick. It's yeah. you? So, you know it's such a it's such an, a personal thing and it's the thing that connects us to the instrument without, you know, that that's that stands between us and the instrument, and it's such a personal thing. When I was at music college, uh, when I was like late teens, I remember every stick, and I was poor, I was a poor student, so every time some sticks broke, I would buy a really contrasting pair of sticks. Oh, cool. So I might go for some, like, massive fat pro marks with the little Japanese wrestler on the side, and then <laughs> yeah. they'd break, so I'd get some, like, Peter Erskine sticks for jazz, and... And I remember how it felt like it was so foreign, it was so alien. Every time I swapped, it was just I could, I just couldn't play. And then after a week, that was my stick. Do you know, like you just yeah, exactly,
0: adapt. yeah. So I'll say that I use um, Zildjian sticks. Um, I used to use ProMark forever. No real reason of switching. I was happy with them. Um, I feel like I, uh, am a child now cause I use sevens. I use seven A's, um, but, um, Dang. I do. And it's mainly because I've just liked the kind of quickness and the, um, I like the lightness, but I think five A's are obviously kind of a standard stick that I don't have any problem with at all. But what I do is I like doing, um. So I switched from – I used Promark 727s for a long time, and then I switched to – someone got me the Zildjian, like the dipped with the back, um, the rubbery kind of – also 7As. But what I like to do is do one nylon tip with my right hand for the cymbal for the hi-hat or the ride or crash or whatever, and then I do a wood tip for the snare. So I kind of do a half and half thing. Um, So, you know, I think – I've innovated and changed the game of drumsticks, right? There. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, um, listen, you jumped in
1: early. I was about to come to Bart's place in the history of the drumstick. You, you got in there early, but <laughs>
0: yeah. man,
1: you you were going to be in there, I promise.
0: Yeah, great. No, um, and that was just by grabbing them accidentally. But I found that I liked that um, the wood kind of sound with the snare and all that stuff. But so was I, that an accident? So what you you picked you picked one of each up by accident, and then you. You kind of like, hey, wait, this is pretty cool. I like it. Years ago, that happened, and I've I've still tried to do it. Sometimes, if I don't have a nylon or a wood tip, I'll, you know, I'm not. I don't really care. But oh, I yeah, just, yeah. I just got oh, some cool, uh, innovative. I believe they're innovative percussion. Big old five Bs that I have here at the studio I work at, and um, I love the brand and the sticks. But man, with five Bs, five Bs are huge. I just, it's so damn big. I guess it's obviously meant for marching band.
1: <laughs> well, I know, but i I'll, I'll get a minute. You probably so you probably heard a bang a minute ago. So I dropped it on the floor, but it's back in my hand. Yeah, but you know, this this just feels good to me. So I can yeah. get the power I need, and I can. It feel it doesn't feel heavy. But if you went from a seven A to a five B, you would be like it would be like picking up a baseball bat. I guess exactly. you would just think how on earth do you play with this? But it exactly. worked for me. But it, you know, in my stick bag, if I need a lighter sound or I'm doing a jazz gig or something, I've got. I've got um I've actually got the Peter Erskine sticks in there, and I've got some five A's in there just in case I need it. But yeah, ninety five percent of what I do is five B's. Cool.
0: Cool. Well, you're more of a man than me. I think that's been uh, proven here. But or uh, I'm
1: trying to overcompensate. Possibly.
0: <laughs> no. Um. One thing I heard that's interesting to note here, as we kind of wrap up, is I I don't know the details, but I believe I read that Zildjian acquired Vic Firth. I think. Um, or it might've been Promark. Zildjian acquired one of the big drumstick companies and I believe they became the largest manufacturer of drumsticks, uh, in the world. I'm not sure of the details of that, but I'm pretty sure I heard that in doing some Zildjian, um, some Zildjian history, uh, research. Any, any thoughts on that? Yes. I believe
1: you are part correct. Nice. It is true. As far as I know, but and I'm going to see. Can I even work this out? It's not Vic Firth. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Is it? Yeah, man. We're going to have to figure this out. Yeah. Because um, I can't. I can't categorically tell you who it was, but I'm pretty certain it's not Vic Firth. Oh, but what if it is? What if it is? Or was it?
0: Oh, oh no. they, they, they. Uh. Okay. Hold on. Maybe I've it got was. it up here. They, yeah, you're, right. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah, for once, Just I'm right. Ignore they, everything I've said in the last one minute. They've merged with Vic Firth and are now one company. So um, they're for becoming the largest producer of drumsticks. That's, that's it now. Cool. they are got to take over the world.
1: So I, I was I was playing Zildjian drumsticks. Now it's Vic Firth.
0: Yeah. And now it doesn't even matter. in <laughs> no. the same. no there's always one big company at the top who owns, uh, this or that, but, um, cool. So that's, I mean, it's cool, man. We're getting, history is changing to this day and, um, and different companies are merging. And, uh, and I think it is exciting. I think we're in the future of, um, we live in the future in, in a lot of ways, but, um, who knows what'll happen down the line with drumsticks? Um, we shall see. But, um, Matt, we Man, shall see. I think uh, we just covered a lot of stuff with drumsticks. Um, I want to tell people that they can find you at totaldrummer.com and you can uh, check out everything Matt is doing. Lots of cool lessons and charts, play alongs, um, lots of cool videos, everything. So, and then you can find his book anywhere, which would be the drum, a history by Matt Dean. So, um, Matt, man, unless you got any other stuff to talk about. I think we just covered a huge topic and uh I found it very interesting.
1: Good. I think we're done I think we're good, you know, the next chapter. Get me back in ten years and we can talk about <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I can't I don't want to spoil it, but who yeah. knows? But I think we're good for now. Thanks for getting me on. This has been fun. I love I love this stuff. By the way, what for me and maybe for anyone else, what was that episode you said about earlier with the female drummers?
0: Yeah, so it's called The Epic History of Female Drummers and it's with Angela Sells is her name. And she works with um Tom Tom Magazine, which is a great kind of uh female drumming magazine. Um and she talked a lot about in that episode, um, basically the origins of female drummers and like you talked about with the book you're referencing is was when women were drummers and it would be um one funny thing if they have that kind of um help me out here what am I talking about um a frame drum (laughs) right yeah 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 yeah. so a frame drum and she said for for years and years and years people thought she was holding a cake (laughs) turned out to be a drum So lots of little tidbits like that, and then um, the heartbeat being the drum and all that. So check that episode out. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool one that's a little different. I like to try and do, you know, histories and then something a little different. So um, that's cool, man. I think think you'll dig it. That sounds cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you setting me up to plug another episode. That's uh, that's always helpful. (laughs) No worries. All right, Matt. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, Again, from basically being kind of halfway around the world here, it's been a pleasure to... uh, to talk to you this morning for me and, and you're in the afternoon. So um, this has been great, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for getting out of bed early, Bart. It's, really, <laughs> it's been good. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Matt. I'll talk to you later, man. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History, and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning. This is a Gwyn Sound podcast.